he's like, I am a boss, I am a boss, I am a boss, I am a boss. He blinked and I thought he was about to keep him shut. And I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> I want to know who set this scene. Who thought, you know what? You're going to blend into the cemetery by squatting in front of a cross holding a flower within visible distance of the guy you're vetting. He's going to look over and kind of see you in the eye line. He's not going to think anything of it. You're not going to think anything of it. It'll be fine. I want that job. If that's just all you have to do to set up a scene, I can fucking do it. Two bitches, yeah. Two bitches, two bitches just watching TV. <laughs> Bitch. Hi, welcome to Bitch Watch. Hello. We have a guest star today. It's Yoda, who's very pissed about some cars. A tow truck drove down <laughs> the street and it was a little too loud for his liking. Maybe he was telling them, hey, you guys, my mom's doing a podcast right now. I need you guys to shut up. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't be annoyed with him. He's like a little producer. Quiet on set. <laughs> it's not a producer's job, but. Yeah. What do producers do? Does anyone know what producers do? See, producers confuse me the most out of all of them. Because <laughs> yeah, I right? think executive producers sort of, like, provide money. Yeah, there's, like, layers, aren't mm -hmm. there? They're, like, executive producers, normal producers. And then there's directors, and then there's assistant directors. And I think ADs are responsible for, like, setting up the scene, but there's also scene choreographers. Who fucking know? We're obviously not in the biz, but, like... Obviously. Uh, Frank edits this podcast and Frank's face reveal is a dog. So there is that. I thought it was cute. Anyways, so I thought I would update you guys since I got the Bill Gates microchip. <laughs> Just kidding. The Moderna COVID vaccine. So a week later, going strong. I had some fatigue. I had some body aches, some joint aches. Yeah, nothing really crazy. Just kind of slept a lot. But nothing out of the wheelhouse of, like, my normal chronic illness symptoms. So, yeah. It's all good. We'll go in for my second one in a few weeks. And I'm scheduled to get my first vaccine uh, in, like, 48 hours. So, Woo! getting the Pfizer, which is kind of the one nice. I was secretly gutting for. I mean, I would have taken any of them, let's be honest. But, like, ranking, mm -hmm. I didn't really did not want the Johnson & Johnson one because I don't trust that company. Yeah. <laughs> It would have been fine either way, but I was kind of gunning for the Pfizer, but... Gotcha. I didn't care between Pfizer and Moderna. They have about the yeah. same effectiveness. Also, not to change the subject so uh, abruptly, but uh, I started the Hush Hush books, which is your favorite book mm -hmm. series, right? Yeah, they're the only ones I've been able to reread over and over and over again and get the same level of enjoyment. However, so yeah, you started reading the first one and started asking me questions. And of course, I have the bank of knowledge of all four <laughs> books and how they all like ultimately play out. So I was like, shit, I better like go back and reread them. So like, I know exactly the order of events, you know, how everything plays mm -hmm. out in the order that it does, just to make sure I'm clear on details. And I don't say like, actually, you find out in book three that the sky is orange i just literally made something up you know what I'm saying? yeah yeah and you'd be like the sky's orange but you're like wait 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 i thought they're saying that the grass is purple and i'm like oh shit different story you know what i'm saying like i didn't want to mm -hmm. accidentally say something yeah i get that i totally get that but yeah so far so good it's really out of my wheelhouse and it's kind of weird because you can tell they're targeted more so at young yeah adults. they're definitely a ya series dead ass whenever i started it and they were talking about a biology class and this dude walking in and like getting paired up i went oh my god this is twilight 2.0 motherfucker yeah wait <laughs> till you find out how that why that played out the way it played out <laughs> but yeah so far so good it's not twilight 2.0 and it's got not vampires nephilim 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 
Nephilim? I always read I it as know. Nephilim, but now hearing the audiobook, because this is the first time I've done the audiobook. So I have a hard time with imagery. So like if someone's describing a scene to me, I can't really visualize it. But I do, in my head, assign voices for different characters. And you get mm. that taken away from you listening to the audiobook, because it's the one girl doing different voices for everybody. I'm gotcha. just not used to audiobooks, so. I can interpret it differently, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I would say Nephilim, because that's how I said it for years. And so you can suck my ass, because also when we were when I was listening to the fucking Dexter audiobook, they called him Masukawa or some shit. Masuoka? Yeah, or something. Masuoka! That was it. So no, fuck that. It's it's Nephilim, in my opinion. Which I am a big fan of Nephilim lore. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really underrated, so. I will say... I was surprised in this reread. I have burned through the mm-hmm. audiobooks. I'm, what did I say, a quarter through the third one now out of the four? Yeah. I think the third one, as good as the first one is, I think the third one might be my favorite out of all four. Two definitely takes a little notch in the same way that New Moon does out of the four of the Twilight ones. That means nothing to Great. me. Great. Like, I know this is an audio medium. I'm rolling my eyes, shaking my head. That means nothing to me. Well, <laughs> uh, Things happen and Nora spends a fraction of her time complaining about things. And it's just like, I don't want to hear about a 15-year-old girl complaining about things. What a reckless-ass mom leaving her 15-year-old alone in a house. What the fuck? Wait, if she's 15, she shouldn't be driving. I guess she could be 16 and a sophomore. (laughs) But you see why I'm confused, right? Like, Yeah, I never... (laughs) Okay, you're right. She's 16. She turned 17 by the third one. Okay, that tracks. Okay, okay, cuckoo, 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 cuckoo. But we're not here to talk about hot angel bros. We're here to talk about another hot bro that's named Dexter. He is a brother. Oh, he's a brother, all right. (laughs) Yeah, episode one of Dexter is, I think, the heaviest season opener we've had basically the entire series, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Opener is super heavy. There's not normally a cliffhanger at the end of Dexter mm-hmm. seasons. It was very out of character for the writers, it seems. I'm just glad I didn't have to wait like everyone else did when it was coming out because I'd have lost my goddamn mind. Yeah. As a whole, I enjoy the season. I mean, I feel like at this point, everyone knows I enjoy the season. <laughs> for one reason and one reason only. Dexter really beefed up. <laughs> That, that's not it, but sure. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I do love this season. I feel like it's fun again. So I feel like if you mm-hmm. think of Dexter as a whole, and kind of picture like an old classic roller coaster, right? You start at the bottom, you work up the big hill, and then you zoom straight down. Mm-hmm. We're definitely on the down and not as far as yeah. quality, although a lot of people believe that, but just of like the weight of everything. Yeah. With Rita dying and everything being up at the top. And then you start to get that kind of, I feel like you get the fake drop with like season six, mm-hmm. everything that happened and then you get the holy shit when you see Deborah watch him murder someone and then I wonder how they did this because it reminded me of season two finale of The Office where Jim comes into the office and kisses Pam after casino night. I know from listening to The Office Ladies podcast that because season three opens like continuing the kiss and you see more of the conversation than you see him leave. It's Mm -hmm. like a really heightened emotion and a lot of people wrote into the podcast asking like well did you film the second part of that all together just to have it ready to go or did you have to refilm the emotional feeling of like the kiss and like everything and jenna fisher was very quick to say no 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 we had to refilm it because it hadn't been written yet so like they had to reenact what they had already done before the summer break so i wonder Mm -hmm. with this like how far out they were writing if they already knew i mean obviously you know that she walks in and sees him murder travis yeah so how far into that did they know they were gonna have to cut for season seven or did they have to start all over and him plumbing a knife into a fake colin hanks you know what i mean (laughs) Yeah, it's very interesting.
interesting. But it doesn't open with the church. It opens with him on the run. You're right. The opener is a flash forward. It's a um, red herring. It caught me off guard a little bit, but I don't know how far in advance they were writing. See, to me, I always like to believe that they have an overarching, like, arc they want the character to go through, but I don't think that happens as often as we want right. it to, and that's why we get weird endings to TV mm-hmm. shows, because they've they've just flown by the seat of their pants until they've hit a wall. Mm-hmm. We're, about to, we're about to be learning that all too soon. <laughs> oh my god, no fucking shit. Things in this season seem different. The pacing's a little different, yeah. But I mean, I've enjoyed it so far no complaints mm-hmm. it's kept my attention it's not season three. <laughs> oh my god listen i know i know there are people out there that think season three is the shit but you're wrong you're right it's shit <laughs> not the shit it's shit just take out the the it is shit i feel like you know we've been watching dexter since what middle december at this point yeah and i yeah. feel like every season except for season three we've flown through and we haven't really changed our viewing schedule that much i mean here and there a couple of days no big deal but it feels like it took us forever to get through season three season three must have been an entire month it wasn't obviously but it was just like it felt like that we can't keep watching this yeah so i'll go ahead and just like jump right Please. into it with episode one are you dot 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 as we mentioned it cuts to dexter He's racing down the highway. We see a sign that says airport. So we assume he's racing to the airport. He tries to get gas on the way there, but none of his cards are working. It leads us to think, oh, you know, the jig is up. They're shutting off his credit cards. They're on his tail. So he's got some cash stashed in the trunk. He runs in pays for it, gets the gas, and keeps heading to the airport where he looks at the schedule and he says, oh yeah, I'll buy a ticket to Budapest, please, with cash and a fake passport. Then we jump to the church. This is right as Deborah is walking in and she sees Dexter stab Travis in the chest. Deb immediately pulls her gun, points it at Dexter, and she asks who it is on the altar. And Dexter, I think, drops the knife and says, it's Mm. Travis. And you see the shift on Michael C. Hall's face where he starts to play the, oh God, what have I done? What's happening? Like, what's, what's... Where am I? (laughs) Who am I? Who, who are you? How did I get here? You know, this isn't my car. Like... (laughs) Right? Deborah tries to get him to explain what happened and he's thinking really quickly on his feet and just is like, uh, it was self-defense. I was here cleaning the church like you asked me to or sweeping through for evidence, you know, blah, blah. And Travis came at me with a sword and, you know, I just kind of snapped. It was self-defense, but I snapped and she's like, you fucking snapped? And he's like, yeah, I've had a lot of anger pent up inside since Rita died. And I thought about this last night in preparation of us recording today. What a bullshit excuse. I've, of course, I've never had a spouse die. It's been two years at this point. You tell me this man's been walking around angry for two years and Deborah's supposed to believe this? Yeah. Deborah's kind of like looking around at all this and he says, second nature not to leave evidence because I'm a forensic expert and blah, blah, blah. So Deborah goes to call the rest of the station and Dexter says, no, you can't, you know, think about how this looks and, you know, it would just get really crazy. Deborah says, well, it'd be fine. I'll call you the best lawyer. We'll say it was a temporary insanity and Dexter says no because then I could lose my job and Harrison and I'll end up in a psych ward. We just need to hide the evidence. You know, I'll dump the body and Deborah then says no to that. It was a lot of back and forth of, I like this idea and then the other one going, no, I like this idea. The other one going, no idiot, that's not going to work. So of course Deborah says you can't, you know, dump the body because what happens if you get pulled over and you got a dead body in your trunk and Dexter's like, 
It's never happened before, but okay. Uh, <laughs> That's why I have a little screen that goes over the body. <laughs> privacy visor, it's fine. But the two of them agree on burning the church down and replacing the knife in Travis's chest with his sword to make it look like a ritual suicide since the world didn't end the way Travis wanted it to. Uh, So Deborah actually offers to go get the gas Mm -hmm. for the fire that they're going to set in the church, which I thought was kind of interesting. Dexter offered to do this all by himself, but she's immediately throwing herself into it. She's become an accomplice, Mm -hmm. full on. After they set that fire, they go to a pier where they, I think, get some breakfast, at coffee and wait for the call to come in. The call does come in and they go back to Travis's crime scene. When they get there, Vince determines that it is absolutely a suicide. He plunged the sword into himself while the fire was going. Clear cut, good, close it. Now, Dexter notices while Masuka is going off explaining this that there is a piece of the plastic wrap that he had used on Travis's toe. How the fuck did that get there? I When he wrapped the body. I guess, but like once you notice it when you're tearing it's also it off. convenient because we have seen Dexter in front of wrapped bodies a million times, those feet are always hanging out of the plastic wrap. Yeah, that's why I was like, why the fuck is there a piece of plastic on his toe? Like, he doesn't wrap the feet together. Convenient writing, I guess. I guess. They weren't gonna stick it in his dick. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, even his ankle would have been, like, a little bit more... Yeah, realistic, but his stuck in his toes, dumb. Also, I feel like the fire would have melted it. We've got questions. But anyways, he makes eye contact with Deborah nods to it and so Deborah creates a distraction for Dexter to walk over and grab the plastic and slip it into his pocket before anyone notices. Maria comes in of course and she congratulates them on the success of having Travis off the streets like you got him guys good job but as everyone leaves Maria is still looking at the body and she notices a grate below the body and she notices something is in the grate. She kneels down, which is completely unrealistic. Maria is not that good of a detective, and she's also in a yellow pants or skirt suit. So she would definitely not be anywhere near that floor. Mm -hmm. But she kneels down and she opens the grate and grabs what is a broken blood slide that she notices matches the Bay Harbor Butcher's style. So she has it booked for evidence. So Dexter goes home after a long day of murdering and getting caught murdering, and he finds Lewis in his apartment on his side, and he sees that he had been using his laptop and immediately sets Dexter off, of course. And he orders him to stick to Harrison's side if he's going to be there. He has to be with Jamie and says to never touch his laptop ever again. Lewis makes a bullshit excuse of like, I was just checking the ball, like the sports points or something and then he tells Jamie like oh I was over here just getting something to drink I didn't realize I wasn't allowed to come over here I'm like well idiot anyway (laughs) yeah Lewis's intelligence took a dive this season yeah of course before Dexter comes in we see that Lewis has been writing down all of Dexter's credit card numbers also I think that's a little unbelievable but IT even if it's saved like yeah you can I guess undo it but Dexter would have a password on his computer Mm -hmm. so anyways so yeah they they leave the apartment and as soon as Lewis and Jamie leave Dexter immediately goes to his blood side box make sure everything is good and then he realizes while he's there that he didn't bring home Travis's blood slide yeah because he had dropped it when Deb walked in 
for context. You see Lewis and Jamie sitting in Lewis's fancy-ass penthouse apartment, and he's, like, furiously typing in all of Dexter's credit card numbers, and you see him blocking their use. And he's trying to get Jamie to admit that, like, Dexter's an asshole and no one likes him. And Jamie's like, no, he's actually a really great boss. He's a great guy. What's your problem? And Lewis is just, type, 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 Big, small dick energy, dog. So Deborah's watching the news about Travis's death, and she's just, the look on her face is like she's seen a fucking ghost. She is a wreck about this situation and she knows that she lied during the interview at the scene mike ends up actually calling her while she's watching and he starts questioning things because things aren't adding up at the scene like how travis got to the church because his car wasn't there Deborah explains when you're gonna off yourself maybe a long walk isn't the worst idea but mike isn't buying it and she says yeah go ahead and look into it that's a good idea so while mike's driving he ends up spotting a man on the side of the road with a flat tire and he decides oh yeah i'm gonna be a good samaritan because i'm not a fucking asshole and i'm gonna help this poor guy who's broken down on the side of the road (sighs) well the man starts adamantly saying you know i don't need help i don't need help and mike still goes over he's like yeah i'm a cop like dude it's fine let me just help you out here he opens the trunk to i'm assuming look for tools and he sees a dead what looks like a sex worker in the back of the man's trunk he looks at him and as soon as he looks at the man that was broken down on the side of the road he gets shot in the chest the man cleans up the vehicle's prints jumps into mike's car and takes off so the next morning, Deborah arrives at Dexter's apartment and starts asking a lot of follow-up questions of, where did the plastic wrap come from? Where did the knives come from? You know, how are you so prepared to do this? And Dexter says, well, the plastic wrap was just at this church. The knives were Travis's. Why he used the sword, I don't know, but the knives were definitely his. It just, it's a lot of bullshit. And Deborah is very heavily, very, very, very suspicious of Dexter. And Dexter is just, mm-hmm. are we going to be doing this? Are we going to do this all day? Like, he's very annoyed. He's very short with her, which only drives her suspicions further. He's like gaslighting Yeah, her. for sure. Hard gaslighting her. Gas, gas, gas. So while she's there, she learns of Mike's shooting and goes, come on, bro, we got to go. And Dexter says, I'll be right behind you. Just got to get my bags, you know, ready to go. And I'll be two minutes behind you. So Deborah goes to respond to the crime scene. And you see Dexter run down the hall into his bedroom, tap for the hollow spot in the wall. And he shoves his whole foot into the wall, breaks a hole in. You see, he's got a getaway pack in the wall, which is the one that he uses in the trunk at the beginning of the episode. Then he does head to the crime scene after Deborah. At the crime scene of Mike, they see that he is completely dead. So Dexter goes over the woman's corpse in the trunk. He states the cause of death. I think he said she was bludgeoned because of how she bled out of her nose or something like that. But then he also goes ahead and runs her fingerprints and he's able to find out her name. And her name is Kaja Soroka. The car that she's in is actually her car. Dexter is going over the car. The team says, oh, it's been wiped down. There's no prints left. And Dexter's like, the one place that never wiped. The turn signal. (laughs) Cue me going, now I have to remember to clean my turn signal. I don't commit any crimes, but I'm like, gotta wipe that shit down. (laughs) Mental note, turn signal. (laughs) But yeah, and he's able to pull at least a partial print. He doesn't end up sharing this with the team because he kind of wants this guy for himself. He's getting a little greedy. He gets really kill hungry in this season, which is kind of weird, like to the point that it's alarming. It's him looking for his sense of control. Yeah, I realize that. It's just 
to me, it's the opposite because every time he kills and kills and kills and kills, it's getting him closer to being caught, if mm-hmm. anything. That's the one aspect in his life he feels like he has control of, especially now that Deborah knows, an actual cop knows gotcha. he's a murderer. So he's like, how do yeah. I fix this? You know, he's just looking for like, what's the one thing in my life I have any control of? And obviously it's on a two-year-old son, so yeah. he can set up his murders the way he wants with the kill room and everything. I understand the writing. So as they're getting ready to leave the crime scene, Deborah's sitting in her car and she's still kind of freaking out with the knowledge of watching her brother murder someone having to cover it up and she starts getting these flashbacks that kind of cross between what she saw Dexter standing over Travis and her waking up wrapped in plastic the way she was when Brian had her at his kill table and this just really starts to fuck with her back and forth and doesn't she remember that Dexter was there more yeah throughout the episode at some point I don't know if it's the first flashbacks or later but for sure she starts remembering that he was there yeah They go back to the station and Batista ends up dispatching some of the team to do more investigation on Kaja's death. So I think this is when they start dispatching people to the foxhole where she worked and Mm-hmm. Deborah ends up going and confronting Dexter in his office about the flashback she's having because, like I just said, Travis's murder reminds her of the ice truck killer. And Dexter says, well, I was there. I was the one that saved you from that table, but I didn't act last night with any specific attention to details. I just was trying to make sure I didn't leave any evidence behind, you know? <laughs> so Deborah leaves his lab or his office and Dexter resumes work on the partial print that he found. He does find a match on Interpol and the print belongs to someone named Victor Baskoff. So with this Dexter ends up heading to Victor's apartment. Even though he knows he shouldn't be tracking a kill right now, he still goes through with it because again, he's trying to maintain that sense of control. He finds out that Victor has actually dipped in a hurry and he's at the airport about to jump a plane to Ukraine. And so Dexter is rushing there. He's using those fake IDs that he's got in his kit. And that's where we see the scene of him buying the ticket to Budapest because he's just trying to get through security checking. Yeah, down. I think he had the same flight number because didn't he come in and say, I need a, t- a ticket for blah, 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 blah. And the woman was like, oh, Budapest. Mm-hmm. And he was like checking on the board. Yeah. Dexter tracks down Victor and he sees him walk into a bathroom. So Dexter tapes off the bathroom so no one will come in. M99's him slaps his ass in a wheelchair and wheels him down to a baggage storage room where he's prepared as a kill room for Victor. It does cut back to the homicide team. You see Batista and Quinn um, at the foxhole, which is where Kaja worked as a stripper. I think Joey, he says employees the one wall perverts to another. And then the manager, George Novikov comes out and Joey's like, "Mm, you're both. Where do you go? And, you know, so it's, it's shown that Joey recognizes George and that they have some kind of history history together. Victor's on the table and Dexter is talking to him. He tries to buy his way out of his death and he's like, I'll get you money. However much money you want. I don't care. How much does it cost for you to not kill me? And Dexter's like, this isn't about the money. (laughs) And I don't remember the entire exchange. I think it was just Dex trying to have a power Mm -hmm. trip to get that sense of control. And then he, Dexter covers his head with a plastic bag and starts bludgeoning him with a fire extinguisher. It cuts back to the foxhole and you see George on the phone with another man named Isaac. George informs Isaac that Victor is on his way to Ukraine and he left at blah 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 time and that he should be landing in Kiev by a certain time. And Isaac says, great, I'll take care of it from here. You see Deborah call Dexter's apartment to talk to him, but Jamie answers and says, oh, you know, Dexter's at work. He always works crazy hours, you know, sometimes at 3 or 4 a.m. And Deborah's like, oh, right, right, I knew that. Obviously, as his boss, she now knows 
He's lying. This starts setting off like sirens in her head. You see Maria approach Vince about the usage of blood slides and he informs her only one person in Miami Metro ever used blood slides. It was Dokes, the assumed Bay Harbor butcher. And Maria hides the blood slide to look into it personally. Even though it wouldn't have been cataloged and they'd be missing evidence. Oh, you're right. You're right. <sighs> A little bit convenient. She's the captain now. What does it matter? Right. Apparently. Back at Dexter's apartment, Dexter walks in and he finds that his blood slide box is out on display in front of Deborah. Not only that, she's got his knives rolled out. She's got the ice truck killer's hand to which Dexter's like, what the fuck is that doing here? <laughs> and his apartment is completely turned upside down. She's ransacked mm -hmm. it and she's like, what the fuck is this? You're a lying piece of shit. She ends up confronting him and asks him, are you a serial killer? And if he killed all of the people in the blood slide box and he answers, yes. Cut to black. Roll credits. <laughs> So episode two, Sunshine and Frosty Swirl. This episode opens as a continuation of the way the last one ended. You see Deborah, I think she's running out of the apartment and Dexter chases after her and she's running and he's, I mean, he's right on her. She ends up being sick on the side of the grass, tells her to calm down. She asks, how long have you been doing this? And he says, since he was 20, he only kills certain kinds of people. And then he starts explaining him a little bit more detail, the dark passenger and the code and says, Harry taught me to do this. Harry knew I did this, you know, blah, blah, blah. Deborah still isn't sure what to do with this information. Even understanding the type of people he kills, she still doesn't like it. She ends up punching him in the face and then she leaves. It was so abrupt when she's like, pop! Yeah. And then just leaves. <laughs> then at the office, Deborah looks up the Bay Harbor Butcher and reads that serial killers have a type of addiction and will continue to kill until they are caught. Dexter realizes if the hand Deborah found in his apartment is legit, it can't be an evidence. So he walks into the evidence locker to see if the hand is still there and realizes it's, it's not. So he knows that someone from within the department checked it out and sent it to him anonymously. Vince ends up walking in behind him and admits that the hand was stolen. He said that he put Lewis in charge of finding it. Make sure that there's no hard feelings between the two of them. And Dexter's like, yeah, it's cool. You know, I'm not going to say anything. It's fine. Whatever. At Deborah's next briefing, they are talking about how to approach the strip club situation. She's like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to put some pressure on him. Start closing it twice a day until someone says something. That'll really put, get him hot under the collar because they've got to find out what happened to Mike. Then Deborah changes the subject and says that a murderer named Wayne Randall, who she explains when on a multi-state killing spree with his underage girlfriend <laughs> at the time she was underage is now coming forward that there is an additional victim and he wants to come clean to the authorities. So Dexter volunteers to work the site, but Deborah immediately shuts him down and says, no, I want Masuka working on this. So then outside of the station, Deborah ends up telling Dexter that she came so close to arresting him, but she doesn't know what to do. And her plan is to basically set up a rehab for Dexter. She's like, an Addicts can be helped. We can find coping mechanisms. We can talk to somebody. We'll just make you go cold turkey. And Dexter explains, you know, this isn't going to fucking work, but will it make you happy? And she says, yes. And he goes along with it. Not only that it will make her happy, but like also it'll keep him out of jail. So yeah, that rehab will consist of him moving in with her in her rental place. Mm -hmm. And she's basically just going to watch him 24 hours a day. Yeah, that's it. Insane. Yeah. You see Maria on the phone talking to someone with a private lab that the blood found in the church did belong to Travis. You see her tell the person, okay, and you remember I need to keep this all hush hush. And she, you see her call the FBI. You see Angel and Joey in the strip club shutting it down again. And the manager, George, comes out and he's very upset. But while they're in the club, Quinn ends up hitting it off with a dancer named Nadia. They're kind of pulled over to the side and she ends up giving him the name of Kaja's 
bouncer boyfriend named Tony Rush who didn't show for work that day. And he leaves his card with her. Yeah. So cut to the first night of Serial Killer Rehab. The new hot reality show in Miami, Florida, starring Dexter Morgan and Deborah Morgan in a failed attempt to do whatever the fuck it is Deborah thought she was going to do. So, <laughs> first night of Serial Killer Rehab, and Deborah says, You know what? You're going to take my bed. I'm sleeping on the couch. And Dexter's saying, I don't want to put you out. And she's like, No, I'm sleeping between you and the door so your ass can't sneak out and go kill somebody. Then during dinner, Deborah wants him to explain why, like, what's it like? What's the feeling that comes over you when you need to kill? They are also eating and discussing this over fucking spaghetti. It's spaghetti cooked, and then it's a pasta sauce cooked and it's just poured on top it's very red also it, it, it looked so it disgusting looked more like jelly than spaghetti sauce that's a good point yeah i don't know it was fucking weird anyways dexter explains that whenever he needs to kill he starts seeing blood like behind his eyes everything kind of goes red it eventually turns black and deborah's just kind of disgusted she's like thanks for ruining my dinner i was like bitch you asked the fuck yeah so <laughs> that night dexter begins to actually research the plans of Lewis's penthouse so he can scare the shit out of him. Joey ends up interviewing Tony, who doesn't have much to say as far as, you know, what happened to Kaja the night she was murdered. And Angel comes in and says, you know, security tapes back up his alibi. He was at work all night. We know for a fact. Tony ends up saying Victor Baskoff was with Kaja that night. You see Masuka complain to Dexter about the Randall case because they're just standing out in the hot sun. He's standing around while other people are digging because Wayne has led them to where he buried bodies and he feels that he's falling behind with other work. And Dexter volunteers to relieve him, but Deborah has to approve this. And so he goes over and asks, Vince is really out there struggling, so can I take his place? And Deb goes, yeah, sure, I could use some sun. I'll take you there myself. <laughs> and Angel ends up saying that he found out some information about Victor being with Kaja the night that she was murdered. So, of course, she has to take that call instead. So she goes ahead and sends Dexter on without her. Yep. While Dexter is waiting at the dig site, he strikes up a conversation with Randall. Randall is not as cute as he used to be. Let me fucking tell you, bro. He's looking a little Prison's rough. Prison's been hard on that man. No shit. But Dexter asks, you know, why the change of heart, bro? You've been quiet all this time and now all of a sudden you want to talk. And he says, you know, I just kind of decided to surrender. I decided to, you know, clear his conscience or something like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Know. I know he says surrender and then I know their conversation got cut short. Their conversation gets cut short. So they stop for lunch and Dexter says, do you know what? It's going to be tight, but I'm going to run my ass over to Lewis's penthouse, sneak in, see what I can find and then get back to the dig before. Because I think Deborah said that she was coming there after lunch. So it's tight squeeze. I'm going to make it work. So Dexter runs his ass over to Lewis's penthouse and he starts going through his laptops and he learns that it's actually Lewis who canceled all his credit cards. He also finds several videos of like toy reviews and shit until he comes across a video of Lewis and a sex worker who is topless and then begins performing acts on him on camera. I was just going to say that he, he was doing like a video diary entry and with like an idea for an app or something. And while she starts performing acts on him, he goes, no app will ever replace this. Bet, actually, that's a thing that they're working on right now. 
Whatever. He died before he <laughs> learned about that technology, so. Thank God. Fuck this creep. He said that he's going to do just what he did to this other guy, to Dexter. He's going to ruin him. And so this leads Dexter to find evidence that he actually framed a man for, I think, like child porn or something horrible. That's how he took control of the software company that he owns. Lewis actually comes home while Dexter's there and he knows that the laptop's open and Dexter ends up fucking picking this man up and shoving him against the wall so fast. And and he explains that, you know, and so Dexter demands from Lewis, why are you fucking with me? And he explains that it's because you shit on my video game and my butt got all hurt. And Dexter's like, fuck off. Or, you know, you will, you do not want to be on my bad side. You don't see Jamie again. You don't contact her. Like, fuck off and die, basically. So that's my new favorite saying. Thanks, Deborah. <laughs> Frank, there may be a quote when Dexter pins this man up against a wall. What do I have to do to piss this man off that much? Apparently make a game and then blackmail him for not helping you. You need a better hobby, sir. Thanks. <laughs> Back at the site, Deborah is upset that Dexter's actually running late. He's just like, you just went to get some lunch, man. I don't fucking get all my tastes. And Randall actually notices that they're fighting. Dexter explains, yeah, she's my boss and my sister and he's like oh god why don't you just you know shoot yourself in the face or something like that he ends up actually asking randall for clarification about what surrender means he says you know once i stopped fighting the urge to surrender the anger just went away cuts back to another strip club shutdown and you see george go back into his office and isaac circo is actually sitting there and he's surprised to find him because last he knew isaac was living large and comfortably back in ukraine Isaac is there to find out more information about Victor's disappearance because, as we know, Victor never made it home. George says he doesn't know anything and Isaac seems to believe him. You see Nadia end up calling Joey, asking for a ride home from the club, and he agrees to come pick her up after her shift. As I mentioned earlier, you see Maria had called the FBI. She had the slides from the Bay Harbor Butcher case sent to her so she can compare them to the one that she found at the church. And, of course, they all match because it's all Dexter. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Why, what a great detective maria round of applause <laughs> so <laughs> one of these things is just like the others right wow you can look at two things and see that they're identical that's crazy that's why you're captain bitch <laughs> actually dexter comes home after this long day and he is fucking dumbfounded to find dumb bitch lewis hanging out with jamie and flaunting the fact that he's not scared of dexter he's just walking around his apartment like grabbed a beer out of the fridge or some shit and just being really weird like even jamie thinks he's being fucking mm -hmm. weird so dexter makes up his mind then and there this guy done stopping him he's decided you know what lewis has got to go this guy's a piece of shit it's ruining innocent lives and fucking with me so you know what it's the time to fuck with me i'm having a bad week <laughs> <laughs> so you see Nadia in the car with Joey because he, you know, is driving her home as he promised. And he's trying to like probe her for more information on the Kaja situation, trying to figure out what happened to Mike. She is absolutely no use. She goes, you know, I hope this isn't why you think I asked you for a ride home. I actually just needed a ride home. Start to say that she's going to need a lot of favors coming up soon. And they're still flirting back and forth. I hate this relationship. I hate this relationship so much. Yeah, I, I mm -mm. nope. Nope, bad choices, Joey. Bad choices. You see Dexter having dinner with Deborah. He actually M99s her steak. So she passes out and he sneaks out of her house. I guess he can just walk out the front door if she's passed out. But yeah. he goes back to Lewis as he sneaks in, comes up behind Lewis, M99s him, starts to move him to a second location, starts having like second thoughts about it. So he pulls over. 
He calls Deborah, tells her he's seeing the blood, and she wakes up and she's like, God, I'm just so exhausted. And I'm like, girl, you got you got drugged. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, so she girl. shows up and he tells her, you know, I wanted to kill, but I couldn't go through with it. He's like leaning on the rear bumper of his escape. Doesn't like <laughs> let her really get closer because he hasn't told her that he's got Lewis in the back. He just is like, <laughs> I wanted to kill, but then I couldn't go through with it. I called you so you can talk me down. And Deb says, see, we can fix you. This is a major step. And she goes, all right, come on, let's go home. He goes, I just need another minute. It'll be fine. And ushers her to go home. And then he drops Lewis on a park bench. Fuck Lewis, man. Such an annoying little bitch. So Isaac and Yerg, I'm not going to try to pronounce that <laughs> other name. <laughs> Fuck all of that. Isaac and Yerg uh, actually pay Tony a visit. After tricking Tony into admitting that he talked to the police, they were like, oh, we saw you at the police station. And he's like, no, I didn't say anything. And he's like, you said you didn't go. We didn't even see you. So you're a liar. Uh, gang shit. Isaac takes a screwdriver and stabbing it into his fucking eye, killing him immediately. He drops to the ground. It's really grody. Frank, there's a quote here if you want to go ahead and put that in. Tony is gonna die. <laughs> Holy God, fucking Jesus. Why? <laughs> the eye. The eye. It was the eye. Thanks. So the next day, Dexter and Deborah are back on the Randall dig. And when Deborah goes to grab some ice cream at the Frosty Swirl, Randall starts talking about the fact that he regrets never patching things up with Hannah. So Dexter, and that was the girlfriend that he went on the tear with, which also gross. You were, he was an adult at the time, right? I think he was 19. Okay. Yes, he's an adult, but it's not like he's 45 hanging out with a 15 year old. Yeah. Still a little weird though. For sure. So yeah, it's just kind of fucked up because there's a power dynamic there and age difference and it's just weird. So um, yeah, and he's venting all of this to Dexter. He says she only will ever see him as a killer. Randall ends up saying, you know, the clock's running out and then jumps in front of a truck on the highway. <laughs> and even Dexter's like, what the yeah, fuck just happened? He says, uh, I have one less person to kill. And Dexter's caught off guard by this. Deborah like drops the fucking cones and runs over. <laughs> And I mean, he's dead. Why drop the ice cream? That's perfectly good. What's she gonna do? Show to the scene. Hold this. <laughs> and then you know the extra actors that were supposed to be like the wardens of this guy, fucking just glacially walk over. Like, hey, this is just another Tuesday, baby. What are they gonna do? They can't change it. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I'm like, why is Deborah fucking hauling ass? But everyone else is just like, oh fucking no, I could take a stroll over there, I guess. <laughs> That's where that episode ends. Dexter talks about how he just wanted, you know, a few days of fresh air, some sunlight, and a frosty swirl before he ended it all. And yeah, that's how that ends. So episode three, Buck the System. So you see Dexter standing in line at the post office and because uh, he needs to mail a package. He's returning the hand back to Miami Metro Forensics so he can get rid of Lewis. And mm -hmm. while he's in line, he finally gets up to the counter and he fantasizes slitting the employee's throat because his dark passenger is starting to go crazy since Deborah's not letting him leave the house at night. After this, he sits at a briefing at work and in it, he fantasizes stabbing Masuka in the neck because Vince is just on one <laughs> because Deborah's leading the briefing, but she can't stop staring Dexter down and Masuka notices and he's like, what did you do? She's really pissed. And obviously Dexter doesn't want to talk about it. After this briefing, Dexter is assigned to try and take a DNA swab of a man who is under arrest. The guy just keeps leaning back, not letting Dexter take the swab 
and just starts running his mouth and Dexter just snaps and starts strangling him. Like comes over the table at him, has him down on the ground and Deborah runs in and stops before Dexter can actually do any harm. They end up talking, I think in the alley behind the police department and he explains to her if he continues to live with Deborah, who's trying to like stop his passenger, he's going to eventually harm someone innocent. Deborah promises Dexter she'll back off. So Dexter's got his sight set on a asshole and he's looking over the file of Ray Speltzer. He was arrested, but couldn't get a conviction of at least two murders of women. It was really fucking brutal. Just beat them to death, I think. Dexter thinks he may kill again. He also notes that Ray has grown his hair out, but he still looks strong and hostile and kind of fucking scary. The guy reminded me of a skinhead, like hardcore. So Nadia ends up asking Quinn if she can get a bracelet that Kaja wore all the time because she knew that she would like to be buried in it. I would also like to note, I didn't talk about this earlier, so my bad. Whenever Victor shot Mike, he also grabbed a bracelet off of Kaja's body, put it on his wrist, and then took Mm -hmm. off. So this is the bracelet that Nadia is talking about. Quinn says, you know, we'll see what he can do. Right there, he pulls the file, and it's not listed as anything on her body when she was taken in in her personal effects. He'll see what he can do, but it's not there. Mm -hmm. Nadia goes back to Isaac at the foxhole. He tells her, you know, if the police find the GPS chip that he was using in the bracelet to track basically their mules, their drug mules, their operation and their business will be ruined. So he asks Nadia to get closer and closer with Quinn so that the bracelet can be retrieved and they can find Victor. Yeah, so the foxhole is the like front operation covering a heroin ring or something. You see a package come into Miami Metro and it's the box that Dexter mailed. Vince opens it and finds the ice truck killer hand with all of the lines drawn on the palm and attached with the hand is a note that says Dear Mr. Green. So singling out Lewis. Uh, mm-hmm. When I bought the ice truck killer's hand online, I assumed it would be in mint condition. Not with lines drawn all over its palm. Please refund my money immediately. So Masuka is immediately crushed by this and he calls Lewis over, mm-hmm. shows him he has the hand and the note. And Lewis looks over at Dexter and Dexter's just calmly like, yeah, bitch, I told you to disappear. And <laughs> Masuka fires him just right on the spot and... You see him pouting about it later and says that he has the worst luck with interns. Mm-hmm. Wayne Randall's mother actually ends up turning up at the station and she has some possessions of Wayne that she wants to turn over to Deborah. They go through it and it was stuff that he mailed to her while he was on the road or on his killing spree. And Dexter and Deborah are going through things. They're going th- over these trophies. One of them is a necklace with Wayne's vic- victim's name, Janice, on it. There's also a little giraffe. There's a small girl's shirt. And uh, yeah, that they're, they're just going through the shit right now. Lewis arrives home in his penthouse and Jamie's sitting there on the couch and she's upset. You can tell she's been crying. She's not currently crying, but she's like at the verge of crying. You know, that in between like, I'm so angry, but I'm not going to cry right this second. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, what are you doing? She's like, oh, just watching a video. She turns the TV on and it's the, <laughs> the video diary of himself with that sex worker. <laughs> He's like, where did you get this? And she says, oh, it was sent to me. And Lewis says, oh, it was probably Dexter that sent it to you. And she's like, why do you keep bringing Dexter into this? You know, he's not the problem. You are. And she dumps him. What the? No, 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 no. We're backing it up just a little bit. Because there was a great part where he tries to lie his way out of that. And he says, oh, it was before we met. And she's like, that's the shirt I bought you for your birthday, you asshole. <laughs> yep. <laughs> then he accuses Dexter. Yeah. 
And I just love that. That's like such a man lie. Like he doesn't remember that you got him that shirt. Yep. <laughs> Dexter ends up luring Deb to this bar that Speltzer's at. And he explains that, you know, he's been watching him. He's recently shaved his head. And that means that he's probably going to kill soon. He's trying to get validation from Deborah to go ahead and kill this guy. Deb says, this is all fucking circumstantial. You can't just kill a guy because he shaved his head. He's like, you don't understand. This is a ritual. This is part of his ritual before he kills. Yeah. She goes, you would have killed him because of a fucking haircut? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so Deborah ends up telling him to lay off and Dexter just goes ahead and secretly plans on getting more evidence to convince her of his guilt. This leads Dexter to investigate the Briar Cemetery where Speltzer is employed as a gravedigger appropriate. He sees that Speltzer is coming out of a mausoleum and it has a padlock on it. So while he's trying to break into that mausoleum, he ends up get, getting a call from Deb to report to her office immediately. And he's like, yeah, no, like, yeah, I'm coming. It's fine. And she's like, what are you doing? Come here now. And he's like, Nyeh. and he ends up confessing that he was stalking Speltzer and that he would have found more evidence had he not been interrupted by her. He explains that he has this lizard brain, which we heard Lumen use before, alerting him that Speltzer is dangerous and that he's going to kill again. Deb assures him that she is going to go ahead and get a search warrant, and Dexter worries that there isn't enough time before he kills. So back at the foxhole, you see this tech guy inform Isaac that the bracelet was tracked from Victor's apartment to the airport, then to a marina, and then eight miles out to sea and then the signal disappeared. This leads Isaac to say, well, he was murdered and then he was dumped in the middle of the ocean like trash. I need you to find the exact position at the marina he left from so I can figure out who did this to him. The moment I have been waiting for for months now. Dexter and <laughs> Angel are assigned to question Hannah McKay, who was Wayne Randall's partner in crime, his ex-girlfriend, and collect DNA from her, but they do have to make a little pit stop at the foxhole first. Batista confronts George while Dexter's having a conversation with Isaac. It's a lot of sarcasm back and forth of, you're waiting here, but you're frustrated. You're frustrated because you're waiting here. Blah, blah, blah. I hope you find what you're looking for. Bullshit, doesn't matter. You see Angel and Dexter approach Hannah at her nursery because she grows flowers and all sorts of beautiful plants. You even said, you're like, how do I live here? This place is like lush. Yeah. I was like, I love this witchy yeah. bitch. Like, what the fuck? So she refuses to talk about the murders because, you know, she did her time in juvie and she just really wants to move on. That's how she's living her life is not thinking about it. You see Dexter go to collect the DNA and he like... Pulls down on her chin and holds her face steady. And he ends up dropping the Q-tip that he's using to swab her. Not Q-tip, but the, the mouth swabber thing. And then he drops it. And my note is, how fucking cute. Because he's nervous. <laughs> Dexter's never nervous. And so he has to go back yeah. to his kid, get another one. And she's like, you do this for, you know, your full-time job. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. And he's just really nervous. And you see her, like, looking at him. And it's just... Sexual tension. It's so cute. Cute sexual tension. Not, like, creepy sexual yes. tension. And it's mutual both ways it's fine frank there may be a quote of me crying at this moment feel free to use it <laughs> dexter makes sure she's taken care of and sends her there oh that all what? Made emotional. Oh, you're good <laughs> he sends her to argentina where she always wanted to go oh my god <laughs> god damn it oh <sighs> i'll let you go crying again thanks frank thanks.
Deb is trying to get a search warrant on Speltzer. She goes to Maria for this because Maria's got fucking connections, whatever. Best blowjobs in Miami, baby. Let's go. <laughs> and Maria says, you know, why this all of a sudden? And Deborah's like, I don't know, man. It's just my fucking lizard brain. It's going off. And she's like, lizard brain? What the fuck does that mean? She's like, forget about it. Can you get it or not? And she's like, all I can do is a patrol car. Maybe. Sometimes. If, you know, the weather's right. <laughs> <laughs> and so Deborah is like, you know, thanks, whatever. But she's kind of upset about this. Back at Dexter's marina, we see Lewis fucking muttering to himself about how Dexter's such a fucking piece of shit. And he's walking around on Dexter's boat. And Isaac, George, and Yerg all show up to confront him because they think, oh, this is where his body was. Victor's body was. He walks up. Isaac says, you know, is this your boat? And Lewis, of course, trying to cover his own ass, says, yeah, this is my boat. <laughs> wh- wh- who wants to know? Isaac ends up intimidating intimidating him with with this drill that Lewis had originally brought, but Isaac takes it from him. He ends up admitting that the boat is not his and it belongs to Dexter Morgan at Miami Metro Homicide and that Lewis was just there because he plans on sinking his boat to get back at him. So Sirico ends up actually shooting Lewis on the boat in the head and has one of his guys dispose of the body and clean up the boat. Dexter Morgan got to track him down. Some shit, I don't fucking know. That same night, you see Dexter break back into the cemetery while a woman named Melanie Garrett at the same time is showing up to Ray Speltzer's house. Uh, Dexter finds one of Speltzer's trophies in this mausoleum. Uh, It's an earring of one of the victims. He tries to take a picture and send it to Deb, but the mausoleum doesn't have any self-service inside of it. How are these dead people supposed to be surfing the internet without Wi-Fi? Come on. Right? Fuck. You see that Deb is staking out Speltzer's house, and she sees the lights go out in the house, and she starts to leave, thinking, oh, okay, he's going to bed. But then she sees strobe lights come on. She's like, this motherfucker's having a rave up in here. Uh, (laughs) And as Dexter exits it's the mausoleum he gets a voicemail from deborah saying you know i think you're right i'm gonna go follow spelzer and see that he you know he goes to bed or something he's like shit so he rushes over there in spelzer's house you see this woman melanie run through this whole like maze that he's made out of like trash and stuff it's insane and he's wearing this big helmet which gives him like horns he's a minotaur yeah deb hears this lady scream and so she breaks into the house to try and save her she ends up confronting spelzer but he knocks her to the ground and he's about to kill her and like as he goes into like strike you see dexter show up right behind him and knocks him out the plank they find melanie they confirm that she's dead while they're doing that spelzer ends up escaping dude that was my worst nightmare incarnate there's like loud music music going off, strobing lights, you can't see what the fuck's going on. There's razor wire, barbed wire, shit's blocked off everywhere. This crazy- And it gets worse later. Yeah, no, we're gonna get there. But nightmare fuel. Hell, he- reached under a wall and like Deborah through. It's fucking insane. Deborah comes to terms with, you know, if I had let Dexter kill Ray when he wanted to, this Melanie girl would still be alive. So she kind of feels guilty for this. Ends up telling Dexter, I don't condone what you do, but I understand you have a code. Your activities might actually be a necessary evil. And then that's pretty much how the episode runs out. Fucking, it's terrifying. Also, I just want to say, I know we always, I like to sprinkle a little PSA here. We have a lot of female listeners Oh. Okay. Except for like 2%. Do not go to a strange man's house. <laughs> and if you walk in and there is no furniture and the couch is covered in plastic, run away. Kick him in the balls and run away. Yep. <laughs> Dude, do not get yourself into one of these situations. Like, I'm not victim shaming here. I am just saying self-preservation, girl. Yeah, it was pretty nuts. We'll be right back after a quick break. 
Episode four, run. So Dexter and Masuka are actually going through that mausoleum that Speltzer's been hanging out in and doing his rituals. Dexter says that one of the trophies is missing on the stand, which leads Masuka to deduce that Ray had actually stopped by, grabbed the trophy that he had, and then dipped. There's also like a statue of a minotaur. So he's doing some kind of weird shit and there's in ashes a maze. So Minotaur, maze, I don't think they ever say exactly what he's worshipping or sacrificing, but it's really weird. So Deborah ends up having a nightmare of herself in Rita's position. So in the tub, she's trying to relax and then all of a sudden just blood is in the tub and it's running out of the faucet. She can't turn the faucet off. It's overflowing the sides and she's just overwhelmed and panicked. In that dream, Dexter is standing there in a suit and he says, will you be mine or something like <laughs> like that it's fucking weird like what the hell she's having thirst dreams that was not a thirst dream that was horrifying him saying Hello? will you be mine in a suit holding a rose like the bachelor guess but i don't the last girl the last girl he married ended up being murdered in a tub so naturally she's thinking oh she wants to marry him got it so she can- yeah that just kind of dawned on me right now <laughs> This kind of plants the idea, was Dexter responsible for Rita's murder in her mind? So at work, she ends up calling in Dexter to talk about these urges and questions him about Rita's death and says, okay, if you didn't directly kill her, you indirectly killed her by going after Trinity. And he, you know, says, back the fuck off. You're getting too close. She needs to back off or his dark passenger is going to overpower him. Stop accusing me of these things. You know, I have feelings too. I'm a serial killer, but I have feelings too. Yeah, Deborah. he basically says that he felt guilty enough for the Rita thing and he didn't need her rubbing salt into the wound. So Spelter is actually found by police at a scrapyard and you suspect that he's gathering more things to make another maze. He puts up a fight, but he ends up getting arrested because it was four to one, even though Spelter is pretty large. Huerta stresses to the team that since Ray wore a mask that prevented Deborah from properly being able to identify him, that without a confession that Ray will most likely be able to walk because of this. They do bring him in for questioning. Deb meets with him in the interrogation room and starts showing him a picture of his mother. And he kind of reacts. Deborah goes on and like says a bunch of things to him. Says that he's killing attractive, quote, easy women because they mirrored his mother. Because his mother was a single mother and that Ray must have heard men coming into their house and you know, having sex with her. So she even goes on to say that he must have had incestuous fantasies of her. This really pisses him off and Deborah gets the confession that she wants because he says, I should have killed you like I killed the other bitch, which, you know. Classy. Is his confession. Right? Classy. So classy. She walks out all cocky and happy and Dex is like proud of her. He's like, damn, she got him. She got him in her own way. Back at the foxhole, Isaac looks deeper into Dexter's file that has been presented to him. He learns that both Dexter and Lewis had worked for Miami Metro fascinating. George even suggests that Victor was killed simply for being foolish and killing a cop. Isaac reacts violently, asserting that Victor was was loyal and he did a better job than you and he was the best. Which was a little bit of a stretch from what we know about this guy. You caught that they were lovers, right? Oh, I thought they were brothers. No, they were lovers. I thought they were brothers. <laughs> it's just like the history books. They were brothers. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they were lovers. The picture of them in Greece, he had his arms around. I mean, I guess you could do that with your brother too, but no, they're, they're lovers. Yeah. So at that time, Miami Metro actually shows up to the club, shuts it down. Quinn goes in and tells George that he's not fucking leaving until Mike Shooter is apprehended. So they better get to fucking talking. George then attempts to bribe Quinn like, quote, the good old days. And Quinn says, fuck off. So then Isaac visits 
Alex, the bartender at the Foxhole's house. He and George and like, I think Jurg shows up there and he talks to him about his family, then says, you know, well, if you want them really taken care of, we can make that happen, but you have to kill yourself. And also write this note. So basically they're framing the guy. He ends up going through with it because his family's future would be secured and they would be taken care of more than he could take care of them in yeah, it's just really, really fucked up is what it is. Yeah, he, he says that he gets paid, he takes out what he needs for his rent and bills, and then he sends the rest back to Ukraine. They're barely making ends meet. It's so fucking sad, man. He forces him to write a suicide note confessing to Mike's murder, and then he shoots himself in front of them. With the same gun that was used to kill Mike. So... Oof, well rough. Maria comes into the bullpen and shares dash cam video with the team of the four officers that, that arrested and beat Speltzer earlier that morning in court that the argument was made by his legal team that during the him being read his rights, he didn't actually verbally consent to understanding his rights so he was able to walk and that he's also going to be filing a lawsuit of excessive force against the department because these cops went fucking ham on this dude, so... Lovely Hannah arrives at the police department and she strolls right on over to Dexter. No, she floats, man. She glides. Dexter asks, oh, will you be taking over the murder investigation or like helping us with it since Wayne's dead? And she says, yes, her attorneys thought it was best. The two of them just kind of like exchange glances at one another. It was like the teeniest, tiniest little scene, but it's very cute. Yeah. So back at the cemetery, Dexter ends up sneaking into Ray's RV that's parked adjacent. That's where he lives. Shocker. Um, Where he finds like a fridge full of fucking steroids and trophies from his victims, which are all earrings, which is what he saw on the altar, quote unquote, in the mausoleum. As he's leaving, Ray actually shows up and they start brawling. But of course, Spelter overpowers him because this dude is like a fucking bull literally and he's a roid head yeah exactly and knocks dexter unconscious dexter then wakes up in my other fucking nightmare (laughs) which is another maze in a factory there's a note in front of him labeled run not feeling threatened dexter just comes like i don't run people run from me i am the lion they are the jackal (laughs) and he's just leisurely walking through and dexter starts exploring but then finds speltzer in his big old bull horn helmet and like leather get up and uh a large axe that's when Dexter decides, you know what? Lions run. Yeah. And so he fucking books it. <laughs> Spelter ends up chasing Dexter through his other maze, leading him lower and lower and lower through this building. Dexter is saying in his head, well, you know what? If this motherfucker wants me to go down, I'm going to go up. Let's see what happens. And so he is going upstairs. I would like to mention before we say this, throughout this maze, there were like mannequins and flashing lights and you couldn't see what was the mannequin and what was Speltzer and what was Dexter. It was, I hate mannequins. Mannequins are the fucking worst. Okay. They are the worst. So anyways, Dexter goes upstairs and he comes to a rooftop. Speltzer is still chasing him. We cut back and forth. So Dexter ends up jumping onto a neighboring rooftop and then climbing down via a drainage pipe. Dexter hops onto the back of a tow truck and he's like, you know what? Speltzer's seen my face. He's got to die. He knows I'm coming but he's got to die. Because Dexter's really worried that Speltzer's going to end up tracking him down and kill his loved ones and not just himself, Dexter ends up sending Harrison to stay with Aster and Cody with Jamie while he finishes dealing with him. Deborah actually attends Melanie's funeral, the woman who died in the previous Speltzer kill. She looks over after the funeral and spots Speltzer in the parking lot, just like hanging out like this is a cool thing to do. 
you know, hanging out the funeral of the person you just murdered. She takes off her shoes and crosses the field and verbally assaults him. And the whole time I'm thinking like, Deb, this is the one time you're actually wearing heels. Like, spike this fucker in the eye, man. Yeah. She ends up just verbally assaulting him for being there. And then I think Angel comes back and like removes her from him. Back at Miami Metro, Angel actually tells Joey that he's starting to have doubts that this Alex DeBrosny guy killed Mike because it was just too neat and too easy. And he's starting to think that someone has been set up in all of this. Joey says, you know, I think we need to just accept it as a win. Tries to talk him out of it. Angel says that he can't. He can't shake it. He's being a good cop. And they make a plan to go back to the club. But Joey gets Angel to wait till the next day because... Nadia is working that night. Jesus fucking Christ, Quinn, get your head out of your ass. So back at the cemetery, Dexter just can't stay away from this fucking place. He finally captures Speltzer and brings him back to this place. You find out it's a crematorium. As he's waking up, you see Dexter like up on this ledge within the building and he's like (laughs) pacing back and forth and Speltzer's like, I'll kill you. And... The best way I can describe Dexter in this scene is like a caged gorilla trying to break out of the cage. He's like running back and forth and swinging. swinging and he's like, no. And he just like loses it. And it's like, this is peak Dexter right here. <laughs> peak Dexter. Yeah. He comes over and approaches his body, tells him, you know, he's going to kill him, you know, yeah, yeah. But he ends up killing him with a giant like wooden stake instead of his regular knives. <laughs> Frank, I think there's a quote here. Oh, no. It's Toy Story 3 all over again. Did you know this big-ass man was a vampire the whole time? <laughs> you know, I didn't know that Dexter was Buffy, <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> Unzips the back at Sarah Michelle Keller. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. After he kills Ray, he calls Deb, has her meet him at the crematorium, and when she gets there, he gets into the car with her, and he points out the smoke rising from the chimney, informs her it spelts her, and asks Deb how this makes her feel. She says that she's glad and is shocked that she feels that way, and he tells her it's all part of being human. And that's how the episode ends. Yeah. Also, it's crazy. That Buffy the Vampire Slayer crossover is just wildin', man. He totally does look like he would be a vampire from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, though. Episode 5, Swim Deep. While Dexter is sitting there cleaning his boat, he sees some spots where some recent blood was. And he's like, I don't leave blood on my boat. What the fuck is this? And so he starts spraying it down with luminol and he discovers a lot of blood. Like, not post-mortem blood, like, died here blood. So he's got to try to figure out what went down there. So then back at Miami Metro, Masuka ends up discovering from a colleague that LaGuerta has processed that blood slide that she found at Travis's crime scene through a private lab. And he comes to Deborah with this thinking that he's going to get fucking fired. Deborah is like, you know, it's fine. It's cool. I'm sure you're just overworked. So that's why she did it. I'll talk to her about it. And Deborah goes to talk to Maria. She ends up telling Deb that she now has doubts that Dokes was the Bay Harbor butcher since this blood blood slide that was found at Travis's crime scene contains Travis Marshall's blood and it tracks to the Bay Harbor Butcher's trophies. She thinks that the Bay Harbor Butcher is still at large. Deborah, you know, at first kind of pushes the theory off and is like, no, like there's no way, that's impossible. And then once she realizes that it's a moot point trying to get LaGuerta off this trail, she decides to support LaGuerta in an effort to get LaGuerta to confide any evidence that she has and to get closer to the case so she can get LaGuerta off the scent of Dexter. You see Dexter sitting in his lab and he discovers that that blood that he found on his boat belongs to Lewis and he's like well it takes care of that problem but he's very confused 
you know, like, what the fuck <laughs> happened and why did it happen on my boat? Like, hmm? And while he's, yeah. like, trying to process this, Deborah ends up coming into his lab and shuts the door and says that we're in a shitload of fuck or something or fuckload of shit. Yeah, we are in a shitload of fuck. <laughs> it's, you can't keep up with that lady. Love her. <laughs> so, yeah, she storms in and says, Maria found a blood slide at, at the church and confirmed it was Travis's. She's looking into this and Dexter doesn't have to worry because Deborah has volunteered to stay on and assist Maria so she can keep tabs on the whole thing. Dexter says, you know, don't get involved. Let me worry about Maria, you know, and it goes back and forth. Deborah says, you know, you're involved, so I'm involved and shows him a list of names of friends and family that Maria plans on interviewing and asks if any of the names are victims of Dexter's. Dexter confirms three in this whole list are his victims, but out of the three, there's only one who has family in Miami. His name is Philip Barnes. But Dexter goes, well, I can't be tied to him because he uh, is a wedding photographer and I followed him out of town and killed him right after a wedding reception. And Deb goes, what do you mean? He surely got a picture of you and it's just the whole thing. And Dexter's like, there's no way, Deborah. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Dexter returns home, but before he can open the door, he realizes his curtains are open and he knows that Jamie and Harrison are still gone in Orlando. So he's like, well, someone's in my apartment and they could still very well be there. So he backtracks back to his vehicle, calls his house phone and leaves a message disguising his voice and leaves a message pretending to be a friend and saying you know are we still meeting at this time at this place blah 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 see you there and you see him like sit and wait as Isaac has like a bunch of torture tools all rolled out like ready to go he's sitting cross-legged with a gun in his hand Isaac rolls up all his torture tools and heads to the meeting place where he's just heard this quote person is going to be meeting with Dexter. Dexter recognizes him from the foxhole because he's, you know, he had that conversation with him about, I hope uh-huh. you found what you're looking for, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. he's like, well, they probably figured out that I killed Victor and this is a hitman that they've sent after me. So Isaac arrives at the, the fake meeting place and Dexter ends up calling the establishment and has the phone brought to him. And he gets on the phone. Isaac tells Dexter he's aware that he killed Victor and he's out for revenge. And he believes that the whole police force was behind it. He thinks it's a conspiracy. And he's going to kill any and all cops who were involved with killing Victor, including his sister, Deborah. Little bit out there, buddy. Like, bring it down. Probably also think that, you know, frogs are turning gay. You need to chill. So Dexter leaves from here, returns to the police uh, station, has Deborah meet him out in a parking garage, and he (laughs) reveals he killed Victor Baskoff for killing Mike. Deb's angry because he withheld evidence from the police, the fingerprint that he found in the car, just so he could go after him Mm -hmm. himself. Uh, Frank, there's a quote here. I'm 98% sure he's holding that phone upside down. The home button was on the... Yep, he's holding it upside down. (laughs) Look, the home button's on the top. The part that goes on the ears on the bottom. Yeah, you can see the charging port is yeah. on the top. He's why, why, <laughs> why the fuck? Why? It's like Michael C. Hall had never seen an iPhone before. They're like, hey, you're gonna show her this picture. He's like, I got it. I'm gonna hold this monkey brick at her. Got it. <laughs> monkey brick. Does it matter if I hold it which way? They're like, just hold it up and down. He's like, got it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> also, they're talking in this parking garage and Deborah is losing her mind. Parking garage is echo, bro. For sure. It's the parking garage of a fucking police station. You ever fart in a parking garage? Everyone's hearing that. They're whispering about murdering. <laughs> right? Not right? even whispering. They're God. talking about murdering. Deborah has Dexter promise to never withhold evidence from an active case again and finally agrees with Dexter. Okay, this guy's dangerous. I'll go into hiding with you at this motel. 
Dexter then is staking out this club in an effort to get rid of Isaac. But before he can, Angel ends up calling him into Miami Metro because Hannah McKay has just agreed to talk about the bodies and where they might be buried. We get sexy Hannah McKay. Love her. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. And Dexter's like, oh yeah, Hannah McKay, I gotta go check that out. <laughs> Deb and LaGuerta end up arriving at Barnes's house, the wedding photographer that Dexter had murdered, to interview his son. So basically, Deborah had decided that she was going to take this person because she could keep Maria from knowing the information that they tell her. But Maria, of course, finished her other interview early. So she's here to help. And they go up, they knock on the door and a boy comes to the door. He's like early, like not early teens, like older teenager maybe early 20s. They ask, you know, is your mom home? And he says, no, but come on in. I could probably give you some information. So they go in and they talk and they ask him, what day did he go missing? And he tells her the exact date. And he's like, that's the day my life got better. And he explains that she, he was an abusive father. He was an asshole. And now his mom's doing a lot better. He's doing great. Whoever, wherever he went, it was a blessing. He also mentions that there were some photos taken that his mom had printed off from that wedding. If you see the guy in there, cool. And they're going through the pictures and immediately Deborah clocks Dexter in one of the group photos standing by the bride. Why would you stand by That's the bride? That's what I was gonna say was he was standing right next to the bride and that, this cocky motherfucker thought, no one took pictures of me. He stood next to the bride. You know who gets photographed the most at a wedding? The bride. The bride. And he's like, I wasn't, uh, they were distracted by the bride and the groom. And I'm like, yeah, so why were you standing next to her? <laughs> <laughs> so she says, oh, you know, there's a lot here. I need to go over all these faces. I'll just take them back to my office and go through them. So Hannah's story from the beginning has been that Wayne killed everyone alone. And she was just kind of along for the ride. She was scared that he was gonna kill her if she didn't cooperate. And so she was just there. She ends up leading Dexter and Angel to the bodies of a couple that were buried. And Dexter goes over to inspect the bodies. The man is consistent with Wayne having been the killer, but then he's going over the woman's body and it was indicated that there was a passive blood pattern that didn't belong to the victim. She was stabbed by someone much, much shorter than Wayne Randall. Even smaller, I think, than the woman herself. So that points to ding, 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 Hannah McKay. He then goes over to talk to Hannah to kind of confront her about this. Hannah's been watching them go over this body the whole time and they're over by his car talking. He kind of indirectly accuses her of killing this woman. And she says, you know, well, since the DA gave her immunity for any crime that she committed with Wayne, she can't be tried for anything. So like, whatever, she's just trying to help them get peace at this point. He reaches down and picks up her hand and she has a scar on her hand and he asks how she got it. And she says that Wayne gave it to her when she talked back. And he's like, I think actually you got it from holding a knife, stabbing over and over and your hand slipped and cut that. And she's like, well, that's a cool theory, but uh, my story is that Wayne gave it to me and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of funny because while Dexter's standing over the body and he's like, someone smaller would have done it. And he like trails off and he looks at her and she's clocking him straight in the eye and he's like, and they're like, Dex? And he's like, oh, I, I don't I don't know. And <laughs> <laughs> She was like, do you want me to stab you right here? 
I'll take you out in front of all these people. Right? I'll poison your ass. I don't give a fuck. Her outfits are great. They are. So cute. You know, I think we gave Lila a lot of shit for wearing dark bras against the white shirt. It didn't work for her. It works for Hannah. Also, the booties thing, though. See, like, Hannah wears cute booties that are, like, yeah, they're booties. She doesn't wear a whole ass Ugg in the middle of a heat wave. Dexter and uh, Deb, the night before, did share a gross motel room and Deborah asks him you're going to be murdering Isaac and Dexter says if everything goes to plan he won't be the one that does it and mm-hmm. so he leaves the dig site after talking with Hannah kind of holding her hand in a flirty way mm-hmm. He looks over and he sees that Isaac's standing there watching him. And at this point, like right when he got called to do the dig, he's sitting outside the foxhole and he realizes that Isaac isn't a hitman, he's a boss. So it it raises the stakes a little bit. But Uh so he leaves from the dig site and knows that Isaac is following him. So Dexter leads him to a Colombian hangout called Mateo's Bar because the Koshka Brotherhood and the Colombians are enemies, like blood rivals. So they're angry. Yeah. (laughs) So Dexter's like, well, I won't murder him. I'll just lead him to follow me into this bar and I'll leave it to the Colombians. The Colombians will murder this motherfucker. So Dexter walks in and walks out like through the bath, pops out the window and goes out and he leaves and Isaac follows him right in. You see Isaac and you see all the like, guys hold guns and then it cuts away. It cuts over to Miami Metro and they get called in for a crime scene. So they show back up at Mateo's bar. And it's kind of funny because Angel says, uh, Dexter does in time. We got to go to a crime scene. Are you familiar with Mateo's bar? And Dexter's like, hmm, nope, never heard of it. <laughs> they get there and they find out that Isaac isn't dead, but all the Colombians are. <laughs> and you see yeah. it like cut back to kind of like a flashback as Dexter's choreographing like how everything happened. You see Isaac actually doing it. Dexter goes, this guy got away with this? Like, woo. And... Uh, <laughs> He finds blood left behind at the crime scene that would be Isaac's and he hatches a plan to get him arrested, thinking, well, if I can get him thrown in jail, he'll at least leave me and Deborah alone. It'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, mob bosses stay in jail and don't have people do their bidding all the time. <laughs> Isaac ends up finding out from George back at the foxhole that Quinn is a dirty cop. And when he was in narcotics, he used to get paid off all the time to, like, look the other way. So Isaac has the Brotherhood leave a bag of money in Quinn's car. Yeah. $10,000 too. Oof. So yeah, you do see that Isaac does get arrested for the murders at the bar. He's brought in, but I think he and Dexter may exchange a look or two, but meh. Yeah. Angel ends up going to Deb about the whole Mike murder. He doesn't think that the bartender actually killed him. He thinks that Victor did after the tip from Nadia, but Deb immediately shoots him down and says, stop. Do not go into this. You're a good cop, but like, fuck off. No, stop. And Angel's hurt by this. And Deborah's hurt for hurting Angel. And it's just so fucking sad. Then Dexter ends up going to talk to Isaac in lockup, which it's in lockup. You're talking through those little phone thingies with the glass in between. There are cops on the other side of that glass. You know, those fucking things are recorded. What the fuck is going on, Dexter? Uh, <laughs> but uh yeah they're they're talking face to face and Dexter's like I got you bitch and then Isaac's like this ain't over bitch and yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how it went down <laughs> Deborah ends up coming over to Dexter's apartment to fucking confront him on this picture situation she's like here I am saving your ass for a change and he's just dumbfounded that he could have fucked up <laughs> dumb motherfucker and he ends up burning the picture to make sure it doesn't get out again episode six so Dexter decides to start vetting and stalking Hannah and he decides his plan of action is going to at first confront her about her deceased husband in an attempt to see if she's going to slip up and he decides that he's going to need a piece 
offering to get her to trust him first. So then back at Miami Metro, Deborah and LaGuerta end up briefing the team on the Isaac situation. While there is concrete evidence that he was there, both are very concerned that he may claim that it was self-defense and get acquitted because it was however many, like what, 10v1 or some dumb shit? Something like that. (laughs) So Dexter decides his big grand plan to get Hannah to trust him and present himself as not a threat to her. He's going to write a false blood report that basically doesn't mention at all that the woman was stabbed by someone smaller and he completely omits the passive blood transfer. He thinks this will allow him to get closer to her. While in prison, Isaac is sitting at this picnic table, just fucking chilling, having a good old time, enjoying the sunshine and getting a tan. And he's approached by a Colombian inmate claiming that they will retaliate against him and that he doesn't know what he's up against. He has like a shiv under the table and Isaac just like reaches under and like twists his arm and takes it from him and he's face down next to this table. Isaac threatens him, says if anything happens to him, it would be a mistake since he's part of the Koshka Brotherhood and is more powerful than the Colombians could ever be. Isaac then leaves the table, walks over to a corner and ends up calling George on his cell phone, which Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) Hope he just like whips it out in front of a guard. Like you literally see a a guard in the background. I want to know how he got that thing in there. Prison wallet. (laughs) And he calls George and says that he needs to speak with him. Dexter finally arrives at Hannah's nursery and apologizes for accusing her and says that his evidence against her was wrong. Of course, this is a lie. But then he kind of gets nervous and asks her for plants for his apartment. He wants her advice for a plant so he can continue to try and get closer with her. And in this conversation, she mentions that her husband died of a heart attack and that she had a mentor who previously owned this nursery named Beverly Gray. And she also died. Dexter later finds that Hannah was Beverly's sole beneficiary, that the greenhouse was left to her. And weird, but both Hannah's husband and this mentor both died of heart attacks. So Dexter's like, "Mm, does she have a thing for poison? And did she kill them both? Because when Dexter comes in, she had just killed a rabbit with poison. So... Dexter starts to suspect that Hannah killed both her husband and this Beverly lady. At the station, this big time book writer, Sal Price, comes in and he comes into Deb's office requesting new information to update his book after the discovery of more bodies because he does a lot of writing about Wade Randall. He needs to update his book. Dexter's like, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, like blah, blah, blah. Uh, Which way did he go? Because he knows that... If Sal realizes he fudged the blood, it's going to look a little bit bad. And he wants to also know what he knows about Hannah. So he takes the book and he runs downstairs and Sal's at the food truck and he says, you know, oh, I'm I'm a big fan. You know, what are you working on? And Sal insinuates that he's working on actually an expose book kind of on Hannah. Dexter's like, oh, well, I'm a fan. Can you give me like a little bit about what's going on? And Sal ends up telling him that he found out that Hannah was actually in a halfway house and she accused the counselor of sexually assaulting her. And when nothing was done about the counselor, he ended up dead from rat poison. So there's a long history of poisonings happening with this woman. But also he tells Dexter that, oh, don't worry about the blood situation. I have my own guy go over it anyway. Which Dexter's like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so Dexter has some information that Hannah definitely has a history of poisoning. You see Nadia in Joey's car 
and she sees all the money in his glove box and she confronts him on accepting money from George and asks, you know, if he's going to keep it. Joey says, well, when I worked narcotics, I used to take payoffs from George to look the other way. I don't know if I'm going to keep this or not. Nadia says, please give it back. You know, I don't want you to get involved with the Brotherhood. You might get killed because of all this. And you do see later Joey marches in and returns the money. You see Dexter break in to sell Price's house and goes through his files and his computer in order to prove Hannah's guilt since he's trying to vet her out anyway. And he's like, well, great. Someone's already done this work for me. I can just go through his shit. I think he also deleted a couple of files to help his case, but... Yeah. Batista ends up telling Jamie over dinner that he intends to retire. And, you know, what what do you think about this restaurant? It's for sale and I might be buying. And Jamie just flips out and she's like, bro, you are so fucking impulsive. You can't just go making financial decisions this big all of a sudden because you're having a crisis. You know, you think about it. Think about what you're doing. We find out that the Trans Am has broken down and Angel's just like (laughs) making one bed purchase after another right yeah so she implores with him do not fucking buy this place it's a mistake you're already bought a broken down car stop while you're ahead so george actually ends up visiting mr isaac in prison and george informs him that quinn gave the money back and oh like it's just i don't know what to do isaac convinces george that he's got to make quinn work for them one way or the other doesn't fucking matter just make him do it so i can get out of here Quinn pulls up to where he's assuming he's having a dinner date with Nadia, but instead finds George sitting there. And George threatens Nadia's life. Quinn doesn't help them. George insinuates that the station needs to lose the blood evidence linking Isaac to the Colombian murders, or else Nadia is going to get sent to a sex club in Dubai. And they have a high suicide rate over there, basically. With no other options, Quinn ends up accepting the money and agrees to cooperate. So Maria and Deborah meet up to discuss the Bay Harbor Butcher. And LaGuerta tells Deborah that I think the Bay Harbor Butcher was even involved in killing the men that were members of the Barrel Girl gang. Deb tries to dissuade her away from it and Maria goes, no, I really think it's worth looking into. You see Dexter sitting in his apartment and he's going over all of Price's notes and he learns that Beverly Gray had a rare poison found in her blood from a specific plant. This proves that she was murdered, but it still doesn't prove that Hannah is guilty. He's like, well, you know, Hannah mentioned earlier that the same handyman that works for her now was the one that worked for Beverly. So he's like, well, I'll look into him. While he's going to continue his research, Hannah actually shows up at his apartment and brings Brings him a different plant. The original plant was some kind of, I think, pinky purple kind of orchid looking thing. And this new one is white and it has red spatter spots through it. And it looks, you know, like blood spatter, of course. And it's really cute because she's like, all right, just show me where to put it. It needs a lot of sunlight, but not direct sunlight. And she just like strolls through his apartment like she's been there a hundred times before. And it's really cute. She's got some fucking cojones, that one. She owns a room, bro. I think it's that actress. I mean, yes, it's the character for sure. But that's how she is on Chuck as well. And she, I mean, she also plays a spy on that show. That lady owns a fucking room. Oh, shit. So Deborah ends up calling Dexter and asks about what she discussed with LaGuerta about the Barrel Girl gang. Hate that name. Worst name ever. I feel like that's a bad Sly Cooper villain. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Once she started talking to him, Deborah kind of susses out that it was Lumen, who she met as Dexter's tenant, that was the 13th victim, and he had been working to help her 
kill them. Dexter says, you know, don't worry about him and I'll handle La Guerta. But she's super concerned and she's super fucking offended about the Lumen situation. And she's like, why? Why would you help her? Did you love her? And he's like, I was just trying to find peace after what happened to Rita. And I thought this might set things right again. And Frank, there's a quote about Lumen <laughs> and Dexter. Because I fucked her so good, she won't talk. She fucked the ring off my hand, dog. Pussy sucked her right off. Thanks. Jesus. <laughs> Suck that thing right off, man. <laughs> I feel like I made a similar comment to that and you were like, that's gross. But now that we're removed from the situation, you're like, she, she fucked that <laughs> ring right off his head. I'm like, come on. <laughs> Dexter goes to visit Hannah's handyman while she's not around. And he tells Dexter that Hannah took care of the previous owner, so Beverly, without any help. She did it all by herself. She bathed her. She fed her. All sorts of things. Dexter goes, oh, you know, that's incredible. But secretly he's like, means she's the only person that could have done it because she was with this lady alone all the time and she had the access to poison her. He finds the aconite plant growing in Hannah's backyard and finds that it has recently been harvested. And Dexter realizes he's going to have to kill her because he thinks she's going to kill again soon. Hannah actually ends up coming home and Dexter, they're talking and she says, you know, it's a little bit creepy. You, I think you're stalking me. You keep showing up at my place. And Dexter goes, you shut up at my apartment last night. It's just so cute. I, I can't with these two, but... Yeah, yeah, they're great. She asks why he's there. Dexter says, I want to take you out. And Hannah goes on a date. And Dexter goes, that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I want to take you out. Like on a date. That works. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they plan to go on a date that night. Batista is talking to Joey about possibly retiring. And Masuka overhears this and butts in. And Masuka's freaking out. He's like, you can't retire, man. Like, you're my best friend. Like, this place is going to go show without you. What are you doing? Like, what are you thinking? And <laughs> he runs over to Deborah And he's like, did you know that Angel's thinking about retiring? And Deborah's like, what the fuck, Angel? <laughs> like, got the whole station in on it. She sits down and she talks to... Batista and she's like you know is this about the other day and he's like no I just think my old cop stereotype I just I think buying this restaurant will make me happy again and she's like okay you know that's your choice but just know I want you to be here. I didn't mention this earlier, but Sal has like a big boner for Deborah. He had left his card on her desk and saying like, oh, if you want a date, let me know. You need to get a life, girl. Cause she's like, I'm not in a dating mode right now. And he's like a dating mode. But after hearing Angel talk about becoming a cop stereotype and having no life, she ends up calling Sal and hey, I'll take you up on that date. You see Quinn pawn his way into the evidence room. He says he's there to review another case that's going to court soon that he needs to make sure he's up on all of his evidence. You see him sneak into another room, the evidence, and he does find the evidence against Isaac and he removes the blood sample. You see Deborah on her date with Sal and he tells her that he suspects that Hannah actually participated in at least some, but possibly all of the Wayne Randall murders. He shows Deb the blood evidence that his blood guy analyzed and Deborah realizes, obviously privately to herself, that Dexter may have intentionally written a bad report so he can go after Hannah, even though he just promised not to do that. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> yeah. So you see Dexter on his date with Hannah and he takes her Aww. to a closed Christmas theme amusement park uh, because she mentioned, I think, that she always wanted to go there and she ended up getting locked up before she could. So he takes her there. They break in because 
it's not open for season. Even though the whole time before she was like, I promise you won't get me in jail. Yeah. And then when he's like, you were good for a little breaking in her. She's like, yeah. Sure. <laughs> like She's like, sign me up. I'm like, okay. So he takes her into this big tent and it's beautiful and he turns on the lights and it just fills with lights and fake snow. And it's just no first date will ever be as great as this one. Ah, uh, that's up for debate. Think about how it ended, though. <laughs> think about how yeah, it ended, though. But think about what happened in the middle, though. Hey, <laughs> called the climax of a story for a reason. She's looking around. She's taking in the sights of this beautiful room. And he ends up coming up behind her, M99s her. While she's unconscious, he sets up a kill room. She wakes up. He removes the tape from her mouth. And she says, do what you gotta do. And this, like kind of stuns Dexter for a second. He's like, oh, this bitch ain't afraid to die. Okay. And he's kind of like, <laughs> and he's like mesmerized by her. Instead of killing her, he cuts free all of the tape and they end up having sex on this date. And yeah. that's the end of the episode. And that's the end of the first half of season seven. I'm really enjoying season seven so far. I love Hannah's character. I love how she can fucking just own a room. Mm -hmm. She's kind of like a bad bitch version of Lumen, if that makes sense. Oh, bad version of Lumen. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's kind of like a happy middle between Lumen and Lila. Yeah, she's not batshit crazy like Lila. She's aware of what she's doing. She's not deluded or like, you know, like whenever someone's not aware of what they're doing. They're not living in reality. Mm -hmm. She's aware of what the fuck is going on. She knows like what the gravity of the situation. She's very self-preservational though. I mean, look at the people she's murdered. She murdered, she murdered a counselor. She murdered mm -hmm. her husband for some reason. I think we find out later. I think yeah. Beverly was Ill. Ill and she kind of oh. like helped her on her way out. I think is what I remember. Dexter was so fucking on this thing about her killing Beverly, but he forgets that he put Camilla out of her misery when she was really mm -hmm. ill. So he needs to have a little fucking perspective here. I, I do think it's interesting that she didn't kill Wayne. I don't know if we get an elaboration on that. I think they got caught before she could. Oh, okay. Well, she mentioned at one point that she was scared of him, and I don't know why she didn't just poison him right and there. And she may not have learned about poison yet. Yeah, that's because true. Because she that's killed true. that one lady. She laid, she killed the lady in the couple by stabbing her, and then she ended up cutting her own hand open, so obviously she's not good at stabbing. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's weird that she would keep stabbing, because Dexter said that, you know, she, like, just kept going, and that's why she slipped, because there was blood all over the knife because obviously you're enjoying it if you're going that hand or her first stabs were in bad places and the lady didn't die immediately okay that's a good point she might have been like oh my god this lady isn't fucking dying fuck <laughs> Yeah, and it's also a child. So, yeah. But yeah, I like Hannah so far. I think I remember liking Hannah just fine. She's up there with Lumen for my faves. Polar opposite from Rita. Like polar opposite. She is not demure or, you know, that kind of thing at all. She is very like, I am taking care of myself. Yeah. Like this is... It's all me, baby. But yeah, I'm excited to relive the ending of this season because I don't remember. I, I know how it ends, but I don't remember how it ends. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, really good. I enjoyed it. Dexter seems really dumb <laughs> in this season. I'm not going to lie. Oh, he doesn't seem mentally with it, but we did notice yeah. uh, at the beginning of the very first episode and all throughout so far, we've been like, okay, Michael C. Hall hit the gym hard between season six and season seven. He hit the gym with a truck. He <laughs> had to make sure he looked good for Hannah and boy, did he deliver. <laughs> Yeah, like his shirts are looking extra tight today. So if you liked what you heard, just remember to leave us a review, keep listening, tell your friends. You could drop us a dollar on our anchor page. That'd be great. 
That'd be pretty fucking cool. Not required, but cool. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram at bean.buttrito. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at bitchwatchpod. And Witsy, where are you at? Witsy12, W-H-I-T-Z-Y, the number 12. Holy shit. That's awesome. <laughs> Sorry. Do you remember me telling you that 12 is my favorite number? So yeah, yeah, that's why it's my username. There is one other Witsy. Let me address this to at Witsy on Instagram. I'm coming for you. There's got to be a Witsy Highlander. It's like the redheaded Highlanders. When there's too many redheads in the room, they got to take each other out. It's just like the rules. <laughs> so remember to make good choices. Or don't and be smart about it. Bye. Bye. Two bitches, yeah. Two bitches, two bitches just watching TV. <laughs> Bitch.